0: Welcome in, guys, to the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Here we are on this Friday <clears> to <throat> preview the Tulsa Golden Hurricanes. I'm my Malone, draw by Noah. Lurch, as always, Noah, here we are back playing again. It's been a week in between. We weren't really, or we're not really big fans of that, but here we are.
1: Yeah, it's a, I'm sure it's a well-rested week. I know Brian said they got a couple days off We're getting ready for finals, so hopefully all went well during that. But, uh, yeah, it's good to get back. Um, big opportunity tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon I should say
0: yeah and also so the week in between and then the 1 o'clock game starts obviously for anybody typical on Saturday that wouldn't be a big deal for us we'd have to keep up with it while we work that's unfortunate but yeah definitely a game we would like to win we will preview Tulsa at the end of this one uh, some things to cover here uh, Well, there's some things, uh, Stephen Verplankin had an interview, good to hear from Steven sometimes Brian had a presser that we always look for before games, uh some other things to no, know. But let's kick off with uh the news recently on some rumors and you know, some people we rely upon in terms of or count on and trust for news have been uh coming out with more uh potential uh teams to join the Missouri Valley.
1: Yeah, as we know there's been quite a quite a few movements here, but uh I know Harry Schroeder who's now covering both MVC uh, and OVC as well, I guess, now. But he tweeted the other day that he is, the rumors he was hearing that um, Little Rock to the OVC, then he heard um, Murray State to the MVC um, as well. But yeah, what what I've been reading, what, I, what I've been seeing is that on December 19th, there's five schools that's going to Um, make a presentation to the Valley, and those five schools are Murray State, um, UIC, uh, UT Arlington, um, UMKC, then Omaha, which uh, my findings are, what I see out there is uh, Murray State, UIC, and UT Arlington are virtually locks, and have come down the last two for that four spot to make us, uh, what is that, 14 teams, which that's what we've been reading. They want to make it thirteen or fourteen teams in the valley. County Belmont without that Loyola, that'd
0: be thirteen. With those oh, yeah, three, uh, who was that? You say UMKC?
1: UMKC. It'd come down to UMKC or uh, Nebraska Om- Omaha to, for that last spot. But the first three are locks: UIC, uh, Murray State, and uh, UTR. Yeah,
0: UIC, I know we've we've known, you know, there's some players there that we played in high school or know about pretty well that even went there and had success. Uh, I don't know, I feel like go look real fast of how they've done this year and what they've done in the past. Wasn't there, was it them or UMKC that uh, talked about people were complaining about maybe their venues and stuff need to be cleaned up a little bit before they would make a jump?
1: That was the, that was UMKC.
0: So UIC is a little better. Um, I'm not sure. Like I said, go look at what they've done because I don't know. Uh,
1: neither how, neither are strong programs, but right. Um, I get the UIC. I guess um, they've um, just outside of the market thing. Yeah, the, that's the biggest
0: thing. I, I get, feel like they're forcing. The that. I feel like they're just like forcing bringing a Chicago team with losing loyal, and I know it's important, but and there's not a whole lot of other options, I guess, but. Um, outside of the market, I mean, they'd be a team to come be at the bottom of the valley. Like, who knows? If they go to a better conference, you know, they would get better recruiting or even, you know, they wouldn't get swept through, had a hole. What team was it in the last, however long, that went winless in the Evansville? The year they beat Kentucky, they went winless in the valley. So it's definitely possible. And adding Belmont makes it harder for a lot of other teams. Um, I just remember – thinking of what a best-case scenario for our conference would have been is obviously keeping Loyola, bringing in Belmont, and then just Murray and keeping it at 12 and having all those teams. That would have been best case. Obviously, we know Loyola's leaving. Belmont is an absolute perfect get. We've talked about it before. The Nashville market, let alone the fact that they're a quality team, helps the conference, and it's a, you know, a, a really good test for us year in and year out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, overall, in UT Arlington, um, you know – more they just became a division one program in the last 10 years i think we know they're in the same conference as little rocky as you said going to the ovc um i think that's a I i guess it could could be a decent gauge just some of these are not really at a left field i don't know what the decision goes down to we know in the dallas and texas area that'd be huge to add
1: yeah that's that's the biggest thing i know we try to exclude markets wise but uh that's the biggest key here right? because uh not just, not just for media purposes, but uh, the increasingly time passes of, like, enrollment. Because um, the combination of, like, the higher education nowadays plus the pandemic and the dip in college age population um, really has hit the most public schools. So uh, the markets are important. So with, like, Loyola's move from the Missouri Valley loses its biggest market in the Midwest in a city that, important most importantly, is really big in enrollment throughout the league. So uh, it's going to come down to UIC, which that's a big market, so that's a one you would have to watch your eye on and uh just cuz they haven't had a strong consistent basketball program, you get the you get what your major l- literally looking for.
0: Yeah, and even, you know, going to how they've done so far, they're they're 2 and 6 on a 5 game losing streak. But yeah, I, I just didn't know if it would depend on, you know, they're in this conference with Milwaukee, they're in the Horizon League. Uh, Cleveland State's leading that right now but I wonder with the market thing whether it like obviously it's in Chicago so it doesn't matter I don't know if like it really truly would differ with the quality of the program just to an extent I mean I, I guess I would doubt it but yeah I don't know I mean if it happens it happens there's nothing really anybody can do about it so just kind of accepting it um, like I said maybe if they come to a better conference they can get better recruiting and just overall could factor in I'm not sure but like I said they can finish at the bottom of the Valley and knock off a couple teams, I guess <clears throat> we could see that. And then, uh, Murray, which obviously, I mean, they're seven and one right now. They play Memphis tonight. Uh, we've obviously been talking about them joining for a long time. I just think, and their market's obviously awful, but they're a quality team that come in here and compete in the, uh, in the Valley. So I really like the Murray and UT Arlington. Uh, how are they doing so far? I thought we looked that up recently. um, they are huge conference. The Sun Belt is, yeah. So they are at the bottom. They are two and five, but uh, maybe over the course of the season they'll they'll kick in together. But yeah, you mentioned the December nineteenth. We know that teams have been, you know, coming out recently with the move, and that's in what nine days. So obviously it doesn't factor in really to the to the uh, uh, decision to have it for next summer. I feel like they want to do that as soon as possible. So they pick a certain date, yeah, and those teams will vie for it. So. We'll see, and we'll keep seeing rumors until we see uh, um, some confirmation. So, no final thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, the obviously Murray State, and I would say UIC make the most sense. You want to stay in the city of Chicago for those purposes, I said. But yeah, the UNC Arlington, I get it. You want to attract a bigger presence in that Dallas-Fort Worth area, which uh, I think, like, I think I see more seven point six million live in that metroplex area. So maybe that could help to increase enrollment maybe in the valley schools if you if uh people down there see that but yeah we know we siu just landed a kid from texas so i don't that could actually help maybe down there i don't know but yeah it's uh the obviously those two i said make the most sense and uh my i would say if they i think the bigger the league gets the more chances it hurts a it hurts to get a multi-bid league
0: yeah, potentially. I mean, we've seen that a lot. I mean, the A-10 has a – gods outside of Power 5, yeah. I mean, the A-10s of the world haven't really got a whole lot in at one time. St. Bonaventure and VCU – VCU didn't even get to play their game, I remember. So, uh, you know, you get a couple with them. And obviously, yeah, it depends on the quality up and down a conference. Yeah, I look, thinking of Little Rock, going to the OVC and how, you know, at, you know, kind of in shambles the OVC is. It's obviously not looked at that great Murray did and every other or OVC OBC team welcomed them to the OBC and it was funny that Murray did because they'll be they'll be out of there probably in the next ten days, yeah or so. So by the end of the month. But I just look at Little Rock. If they've been through a bad stretch of games in December. I feel like that, you know, they're a team that I would have liked. We know we went to the we went to the university. We went to the uh, arena. It's not bad. And they're, you know, they've had success before in the past more than others. I feel like that would have been a better move and we missed out on that. But I mean yeah, they've been getting killed recently. So their quality of talent I guess would match <clears throat> what we or what I would view as these other teams. So I guess like I said, there's nothing really we will be able to do about it at the end of the day. So uh Little Rock, yeah, they just got killed by Missouri State, Arkansas and Colorado State. Now they get Philander Smith, the school. So surely they'll bounce back there. So yeah, it's all fun to talk about. Uh it'll be interesting what happens in the
1: end. I will say uh, one team I would like to see if there's interest. Uh, I've heard there might be interest in the OVC because the OVC said they're not done expanding. Does that probably mean that they probably see that they know this is the last year. I think Austin Peay's in there. Uh, They probably see Murray State's going to be gone. But I'd like to see West check out Northern Kentucky. I think that'd be an interesting one. I haven't heard a lot on that.
0: one. Yeah, we talked about that. They have pretty good uh, facilities and stuff there. Their quality even, like we said, Marcus Damasco almost went there. So um, I think it's a quality school, yeah. <clears throat> OBC might get lucky with that one. So, yeah, it's, it's all just a big wait and see in the next or before the end of the 2021. So we'll see how that all plays out. It's fun to talk about. Uh, so now Noah's segueing into, like we said, we'll do this every time just to give an update. We know stats-wise, because <clears throat> we're not paying for any paywalls or anything. Sorry if I sound whatever. I'm dealing with something right now. Uh, If I sounded, if I sound different, but Noah Cade Hornecker, we know stats aren't going to be available outside of paywalls. So what's his team up to right
1: now? Yeah. um, They're off to another solid start. As I said uh, last time, Um, I'm sure Cade's doing just fine. They're 13 and four. So uh, they're still going on. Um, If I could ever find any stats without having to pay, I might DM on our account if Cade wouldn't care to see if he could give us something I know for football, Jimmy Lansing and his mom helped us out there. I don't know if there's anything like that down there, but um, it'd be worth looking into maybe talk, see if I can talk to Cade. Yeah, I know. And that would be us seeking
0: out Jimmy and his family, listen to the podcast and hear it and then, and then just gave it to us. We didn't really ask for it. So yeah, we could do that. You know, we don't want to be a nuisance. I, I wouldn't think we would be. It just depends. So uh, just if he'd be willing. So uh, yeah, there, uh update on him what about Noah? there's only been a little thing on recruiting for basketball we know brendan mullins talked about it sometime last week just about what they're looking for and that's just to wait and see down the road but no we went and saw somebody recently
1: yeah we are um we're using i guess use this break as a uh, recruiting thing another um, day we were in on seeing 2023 guard uh, brock harding uh at a mid pro academy he's up that's up in i think Moline area so uh He's he's a rising star. Most people say so. It's an eye to keep, an a guy to watch out for. Uh, Bradley offered him as well, in the last month or so. So it'd be interesting to watch out for. But yeah, I no, know, I know they're looking for a point guard. So I would say they'll wait to the portal at the end of the year, see so if they can find a veteran point guard. Yeah, I'd say that that would be that would be nice. Even though
0: by that time Dalton will be a junior or a redshirt sophomore. COVID sophomore and then you we know Lance will be a COVID junior. So uh we'll have some veterans, but yeah, some outside playing maybe at a higher division one level, just you know, as an example would be nice. Yeah. So we'll see. That's also a big wait and see. And of course, it seems like everybody we're in on, everybody else in the conference is in on, or at least one or two teams. So that's always going to be the case. It's always been – that's what makes it fun. You know, you're in on guys like we know we lost Avila and N.J. Benson, who we know N.J. Benson's dominating high school basketball right now. Uh, it, it's, it stinks that we missed out on them. We'll be seeing them, obviously. Uh, but just obviously being – every team from the Valley being in on the same guys and then us seeing them down the road will, will be fun. Like we said, we'll, we'll take our big against the others at the end of the day. That's also a wait and see. Uh, so, Noah, now let's segue into Brian his presser, like we said. Some stuff on Tulsa will say for the end, but going back, of course he was asked about the Southern Miss game and how it played out. He said, quote, defensively, we didn't have too many big breakdowns. We had a couple where we gave up some threes a couple times on some post defense, but we didn't give them consecutive breakdowns with easy layups or wide open threes. For the most part, I think we did a good job of contesting them. Offensively, we got pretty good shots. We got a few quick ones in the first half that I wish we would have gotten a couple more ball reversals on. We didn't shoot that great from three, but the ball movement was better watching film than right after the game. Yeah, no, that'd be a thing. Obviously, yeah, the day after would look better than how it looked because we remember seeing a bunch of threes getting <clears throat> offensive rebounds and just I think Lance did it with other people where you just shoot it right away again and we don't like the yeah, More ball reversals would be nice. Especially when you had the game at hand at one point. You wanna not you know, you wanna kinda drown the clock out, I guess you could say. Uh, and he was asked about our three-game winning streak quote. We've gotten a a lot better since the Paradise Jam, starting with Alcorn, then going on the road against Evansville, then playing against Southern Miss. I think throughout the last week and a half, we've improved, and that's our next step. Can we continue to go in that direction? Obviously, we have some tough games coming up with Tulsa, SEMO, then at San Francisco, so it's going to be a big challenge for our guys. The consistency factor is the one thing I've talked to these guys about since the fall is can we be a possession-by-possession team obviously, you know we are talking about yeah the consistency factor. Yes, is the biggest thing. It was the case with football. It's the case with basketball. It's the case with anything, any sport, anything in life, really. And I, I, I would say we uh, we both agree that we've improved. You know, beating Colorado, Northeastern was just a tough match. That we've talked about all these, but Creighton almost edging out that victory, losing on a buzzer. Uh, we do think we've improved since Paradise Jam.
1: Yeah, that's definitely especially. Uh, Though I think those, I think it's a. Uh, we might get into it here shortly, but uh, Stephen Burr-Plankton mentioned it. We've grown from that. Um, I know they're not – he said they're not satisfied, but they, they've they learned from those and they've only gotten better. And we're starting to take that right step in the direction. I said a couple pods pods ago, I think, um, it's this team is a team that can make this program take a step around the corner to be great, and uh, I think they're starting to take that step around that corner. Exactly,
0: and we'll find out tomorrow, because how great just would it be if we do turn this corner and be the team that we expect to be, and I know it's only you know barely 10 games in to say that, but it'd be nice to have that kick off this early in the season, yeah, and uh, we've talked about, yeah, with the uh, being battle-tested, too, playing those high-major teams in that conference, uh, granted, like, in no like real atmospheres, we know SIU traveled well in general, but even That'll in the game, along with the uh, just being at Paradise Dam alone, helped, I think. Moving forward, <clears throat> like I said, we'll see you tomorrow. Uh, so, you know, now let's segue into that Steven conversation. Or uh, One thing I want to add, actually, from Brian <clears throat> that I like that he said was he was asked about, you know, once the finals are over, uh, if that'll be better for the team to focus on basketball. And at the time, obviously, you hear that, you're kind of like, you know, obviously, he's not going to say anything. Yeah, yeah, he's going to say, you know, obviously – Academics are first and he and he said the team, you know, was, was focused on that and would do a good job. We looked up because we were just curious all of the uh uh players degrees and stuff and what you know what kind of a lot of the players, which I know my degree was sports administration, and a lot of athletes do take that and a lot of the football players did, and a lot of the basketball players do as well. So we asked, or we said it's you know, it's good whenever they're in school, obviously to because their mind is on school and their mind is on important things along with basketball that keeps their head in the game in that aspect. I'm paraphrasing here. Uh, he mentioned that. And then obviously if you're at a school, you know, they play video games, they go do whatever, and their mind is off, you know, other quote-unquote important things and not just basketball. So he said that the state of mind the players would be in is different. I love that answer. Uh, so that was a good one. Now, Noah, yeah, Stephen's interview. He did he's, – he's roommates with Trent, said that Trent is – uh that Trent gets on Steven for being messy but other than that what else did he talk about you mentioned there a little bit about consistency with the team
1: yeah they talked. they he asked if uh I th- they said they asked him if uh the five wins were uh if they were if they were happy with it and he says uh of course not we're not satisfied uh we know we, they could we could could have won a couple more games um but they've learned from that and they're only getting better and uh yeah they talked about Trent as his roommate and uh then they talked uh, about what about shooting about uh he was talking about the shooting of the team and uh he struggled a little bit and he he actually asked if he was uh shooting if he's not shooting enough because he's shooting fifty percent from three, which is an enormous rate if he could keep that up the rest of the season I know he hasn't shot a whole lot but um then they asked if he's attacking the rim more and he talked about the transition from d two and learning, learning how the defense plays here and more physical and uh, just going in that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, you're right. Mike <clears throat> said, well, you're shooting 50% from three. Uh, not sure that, that probably won't keep up, but, yeah, and he says his teammates tell him to keep shooting, tell him to keep being aggressive on offense, which is what we love to see and know we like Steven because, like I said, we met him at the open house. We thought about having him on this podcast and finding out a way for that. We never got to that. We know he's been on some before, but he's a well-spoken guy. Knows know he's, he's a gamer. Mike says being uh, on the you know go, going to the gym all the time, getting the shots up to where he's able to shoot fifty percent from three and stuff matters. So uh, yeah, we love we love Steven. Hopefully he keeps it up. And yeah, the team if the team gets going from three, look out seriously.
1: So maybe uh, maybe he can get get the uh, what Cash likes to do as soon as he gets the ball, shoot it. Maybe if that could if he's shooting fifty percent, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And
0: we think Steven's a big. He doesn't really create his own for a three. He's really a spot-up shooter. But, yeah, cash gets open. His 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 space, you know, that I think they're doing on purpose, obviously. They're letting him shoot compared to not let Steven shoot. You never know. That's how stuff plays out in a game. Yeah, with Steven, if he get 50%, I mean, if he, oh, God, if he keeps shooting, he'll drain them all. So hopefully that'll be the case uh, soon. So you Noah, know, some good stuff right there throughout so far. Now let's segue into before our game other recent games ones that we maybe missed over the last however long that teams had in the upcoming valley games this weekend
1: yeah there's some decent opportunities this weekend for the valley but i'm trying to think if we missed any from now it was finals week so not a lot of activity um on tuesday toledo took down bradley bradley had a good opportunity there. So uh, Toledo, decent seven two MAC program. Terry Roberts, twenty one points again. So he's still on a tear. Then then uh, Valpo and Loyola took down two non D one opponents big time. And on Wednesday, Semo was in a dogfight at home against Evansville. Evansville lost at Semo. We know Semo is now two and zero against Valley programs. Hopefully we can change that next week. Then uh, middle uh Missouri State took a trip down to Little Rocks just like we did. Um they destroyed them, so uh that's what we should have done with them, but um that wasn't the case and it was our first game, so I, I guess you could understand then Drake and Nebraska Omaha. We mentioned Nebraska Omaha could be joining the valley on the nineteenth. Uh they make their presentation and maybe this was um they led they led in this game, but uh Drake used like a seventeen oh run in the second half and Tucker DeVries with twenty four points. Um, you can just go ahead and book him, write it down for freshman of the year, give him the award. Without a doubt, yeah, and you're
0: right, because they were winning or they were losing and made that comeback for that one. So Omaha is a quality program. We know Akin Wale, so that was really a comeback game for him. And I remember they had somebody else we were in. I'm not sure where he ended up going. So they're a quality program. I wouldn't mind them, actually, because they've, they've done well. You mentioned their record. Yeah, I mean, oh, yikes, I saw the record. They oh,
1: play a tough conference, okay. they play a tough schedule every year. One um, and eight tour. Yeah, I know. I, I know a couple of years ago, my mom's a big Kansas fan. I took her out there because those were the deepest tickets they played at Kansas. In. Yeah, that was a – they're not a – they play they play a really tough schedule every year, but they play in the Summit League, I believe. But, yeah, they're not – all the teams, UMKC, UIC, and Nebraska-Omaha are pretty pretty not, not good programs quality win-wise over the past decade, I'd say. But, yeah, that would be another one. Then looking into – the opportunities we have this weekend we got Loyola they are a four and a half point favorite on the road at Vanderbilt a five and three SEC school so that's a big opportunity down down there in Nashville for the Ramblers then we look ahead to tomorrow as we know Valpo is hosting Charlotte as I mentioned Valpo played the other night against a non-D1 program but they got Kobe King back and I'm um, Watching him, when I've seen a little of the game, I watched a little bit. Kobe King is back. He has looked like he hasn't missed very much basketball time in the over the last year of his uh, not playing. So he is back, and they're going to be dangerous. Then uh, another big opportunity down in uh, Atlanta for a uh, some kind of tournament or whatever. to think just like shootout, basically. Um, Drake gets Clemson. We know Roman, no Roman Pim, so. But Clemson's not the same program they've been the last couple of years. They've been pretty solid. Um, Illinois State's at Chicago State. then really quality opportunity. Missouri State host Oral Roberts.
0: Yeah, you've got to admire Missouri State for and Oral Roberts. You know, the conference there, and we just saw it, you know, that they're in with Omaha and all that. So they have a chance to win that conference again and get there. They're not the same team as they were. Abmas is averaging over 20 points again. Missouri State has picked – or they're not in half uh, favorites at home. So, yeah, they, they've been scheduling good teams. We know they barely lost to BYU. Uh, and they just killed Little Rock and now they get Old Rock. So they've scheduled I like their non-con. They've done a good job with that. Yeah, Drake, it will be interesting to see how they do with that Roman Penn at Clemson. Yeah, you're right. They're, they're, they're a football school. But, yeah, they haven't been that bad as a basketball program. They've had tournament success in the past. And in general, there, Drake's a two-and-a-half dog. Uh, in uh, that neutral site, And then, yeah, uh, Valpo, yeah, it'll be interesting because they, they're five and five. They're four-point uh, favorites at home. It will be interesting to see uh, how they all gel together with him being back there. And then, like, yeah, Loyola tonight, four-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Uh, we'll be definitely tuning into that when it comes on about 45 minutes from where we are. Yeah, Loyola has a good – so we know Vanderbilt has Scottie Pippen Jr., Jerry Stackhouse as a coach, uh, but they've been – they've produced – Really good NBA talent. I mean, Darius Garland of your Cavaliers is doing really well. We know uh, nee Smiths on the – so they've had a couple of players, and Pippen will play in the NBA. So that's a good uh, matchup for the Loyola. they get a bottom-feeding SEC team, but uh, Loyola probably will win that game. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how all that plays out. Yeah, some decent matchups this week. And then getting to ours, no, arguably, yeah, one of the best matchups of the Valley teams to go out and do. Tulsa has been a decent – they won or shared the uh, AAC in the last couple years. I know they swept Memphis a couple times. Like they're they're a quality team. Two and a half point dogs on the road, Noah. So let's jump into the Golden Hurricane. Not hurricanes, Hurricane.
1: Yeah, the Golden Hurricane, as we know, SIU's is looking to win their fourth in a row against a former M V C foe. Uh, Tulsa started the year four and two, but have dropped three in a row to Oral Roberts, Boise State, and Loyola Marymount. Um, So that's a – they have a similar opponent. They beat Little Rock by 14, so that's a one to watch out for. But Frank Hayes, he's in his eighth year with the program. He's done a pretty decent job. They were the co-champions of the American in 2019 and 2020. So uh, before the the season got postponed, so they might have been a tournament team. I know you're familiar with them. Yeah, Um, they were seeded well in that conference tournament.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, they would have done all
1: right. So uh, that would be interesting to see what happens. Um, but they've done well this so far this season, limiting turnovers on offense and creating turnovers on defense. They're 72nd in the country in turnover percentage offensively, 14th in the country in turnovers percentage on defense. That's 25% of the opponent's uh, possessions they get a steal on. Their steal percentage on defense is 58th. So uh, they're uh, really aggressive. Um, they're really aggressive and, uh, physical on defense. So it would be interesting to see what happens, getting some personnel. Um, their leading scorer is, and rebounder is six, seven senior Jariah Horn is a Nebraska transfer. Um, so that's interesting to watch out for. Um, he's really good. Then their second leading scorer is six, three junior Sam Griffin spent two years at UT Arlington. So another UT Arlington connection. I don't know how this keeps popping up. But uh, both are lethal scorers, so they'll be guys to watch out for.
0: Yeah, I wonder who's going to guard Jariah Horn. Maybe Cash or Marcus, I'd say that. That'll be pretty tough. We'll have to double-team him and make him force his way out of him. I mean, you said he's six seven, so six seven two twenty. 220. So I'm sure he'll look to be in the post, look to create. He's an 87% free throw shooter, too, so you really can't foul him. Yeah, eight rebounds on those 16 points. So he is tough for sure. He will be a tough guard. He will be, I'm sure, the focus of Brian and his defensive scheme. Uh, you mentioned, yeah, they're physical and defense. They do have those eight steals a game. We have five. But, no, they allow almost as much as they score. They score 77, 67.7. They allow, yeah, 67.6. So outside of their steals, I don't say, I don't think they're a great defensive, or a great defensive team. Obviously, they'll allow some points. So hopefully we can work our way to getting some open shots and finishing at the rim against another athletic team. Potentially they are riding a three-game losing streak. Yeah, that'll be key. Maybe get them down to dumps, but they're also looking to win, potentially uh, we out-rebound them per game. Obviously, we talked about our rebounding has been really good lately against teams we wouldn't expect it to. Expect it to. Um, so, yeah, we mentioned how we're, and there's you know, one of those stats again, we're at the top in the conference so far in allowing points. Uh, we've co- recently converted baskets via assists more often than, than Tulsa. They have 33 assists on 78 field goals, which is 42% across its past three games, while we have assists on 32 of 71 field goals, which is 45% during our last three games. Uh, yeah, our defense has allowed only 58 points per game, which is the 17th best mark in the country. Uh, Tulsa's offense has averaged just 68, like we said, points through nine games, ranked 200th among Division I teams. So, yeah, they're obviously a team you can beat. It just depends how you guard your eye horn. Yeah, Darian Jackson, Ray, Adowu. they've combined to score 51% of the team's points. So I think, Brian, like we said, we do have a, de- a good defensive team quality in terms of you know preparing, you know, like we said, a defensive scheme. So it will be interesting. Yeah, we haven't played them, Noah, since we beat them in that, uh, uh, let's see, what was that here, in that uh, tournament or whatever. Yeah, in the Vegas Holiday Invitational what, in November, Thanksgiving-ish in 2018. We beat them by 10. Uh, Eric McGill had 14 to lead that game. The last time the teams met on a campus site was January 2nd, 1999. We beat them by 14 in Carbondale. Tulsa was 12-2 and entering that game, and Bruce Weber was in his first year as, as, as SIU's coach that year. We don't like to get into that stuff. So, uh, And then we talked about... Uh, three games are looking for consecutive road wins for the first time since beating SEMO and Butler on the road last season. That's for us. And Noah, we know they were in the Valley uh, until 1996, and uh, we owned a 32-22 and 22 advantage in all-time series between them. Uh, and we won five of the last six. So definitely a game that we've had success in in the past. Granted, they've been a better team over the years. Uh, and Like we said, we, we think we're taking the, step, the next step in the season. It will be interesting. Uh, what else you got
1: on that? Yeah, you mentioned uh, 6'3 senior Darian Jackson. He's the third-leading scorer. He comes off the bench. Uh, Then you you mentioned a familiar name for probably most people, played two years at Illinois State and 6'9 senior Ray Adowu. so he's a big physical guy. So this is probably a Kyler and J.D. game. Not sure how much you'll see Anthony, but we do know good things happens when Anthony plays, so that would be a big one. Uh then they have two players ranked top 50 nationally in steal percentage, and that's 6'3 freshman Anthony Pritchard and 6'5 senior Curtis Hayward, who's uh spent two years at Georgia Tech before transferring. But yeah, the minus Steals, the uh, um that has defensively, that has not been good for them. It's been a major problem. They are 321st in the country in effective field goal percentage against and 275th in country in the, in the country and 300 and three point percentage against them and 335th in country in the country and two point percentage against them at 56 and a half. So they're letting guys, sh- they're letting teams shoot 57% from the field and 36% from three against them. Um, I'd say they're very uh, similar to Southern Miss and that team shoot a ton of threes against them. And we know we struggled, um, struggled from three. So hopefully this is a get right game because, uh, they're 347th in the country in three point attempts per field goal attempts against them. So that's at 47.6% rate against them. So and they're allowing 40% of teams scoring against Tulsa, as came from three. So that's 17th in the country. So hopefully this is a get right game from us and we can get off. Yeah, no, I know. I think it will be. I think it'll be. I mean, the stats don't lie. If they allow a lot of that, I think we'll drop sets
0: to get guys open. Obviously, it's the flow of the game. Sometimes those opportunities just arise throughout, but I think it will be. And we mentioned, yeah, we haven't been going from three. Steven mentioned it, you know, not having, he went through Trent and Ben <clears throat> Harvey in their absences of what they bring. He said, Ben's a dog. He said, uh, obviously his scoring. And then Trent with his defense, his leadership and his, and his shooting. So we're missing some go-to scores and go-to shooters to prevent us from taking off from three to an extent. We know, And if we look at our percentages, I'm sure Cash, who shot a fair amount of threes this year, um, hasn't hurt. You know, we know Marcus hasn't shot a whole lot. Marcus has made or assisted on 46% of our field goals over the last three games. He has accounted for 23 field goals and 10 assists in those games. So we know Marcus is doing it all. Like we said, yeah, if we get going from three in this game, I like our chances. So some quick quotes here before we get into our picks. When Brian opened up his presser, he said, we're looking forward to our matchup against Tulsa. Uh, they're a championship program. They won the AAC coach Frank or coach Frank Haith is an outstanding coach. They played a really tough non-con schedule so far. The last three games, they were winning with about a minute left in all three of those games with making it a one possession game. They are an experienced team. They are an old team. They have guys that have been in the program a couple of years. Tulsa has two high level scores. We mentioned Horn and Griffin defensively. They are as physical and as active as any team we played this year. We're going to have our hands full. It's going to be a great test for our guys. We have to continue to get better. That's been our goal throughout this non-con is to improve from game to game and continue to grow as a team. We're making steps in that direction. We need to continue to go that way. And real real quick on Tulsa's success, I think in terms of their physicality and their activeness defensively, they have always been at a high level. They can guard a lot of different ways, switch up their defenses, disrupt the rhythm of the game. Offensively, they do a lot of different actions. Where they get down the hit, where they get downhill, they constantly play north south instead of east west. I think that puts you on your heels a bit.
1: That is interesting.
0: No, we know we've uh, been a, like we said, quality defensive team. That's interesting playing a team going north to south and kind of head steam like like we know Lance likes to play, and he talks about their defense. I mean, we just went through the stats are not in their favor, and Brian uh, praises their defense. I know he sees a, probably a lot of good on film. You know he sees the goods and bads through film, so that's interesting. Like we said, we we think we'll have a a good game plan for what they would have to do or what we would have to do on offense
1: yeah it's uh what we've been looking at we're know I know we've said it we're struggling from three but this could be a get right game and we mentioned it I think we're this is a game that we could get going and uh it's a it would be a big win going into Wednesday night you got a real Brad corn's got the semo program going and like I said we're to take that next step around the corner, I think we're starting to peak around the corner and we can see that. So this is a game, this is a, would be a really quality win, especially on the road against an American program. Yeah, I know. I, I
0: think this game, if we win this, uh, being on the road, yes, will be looked at kind of across the country. We know in the conference, I think people will start taking us, you know, definitely seriously. We know we've seen talk and it's kind of true to do at this point. Loyola, it's Loyola and everybody else and someone other team has to break out and be that next team. We know Missouri State's played a tough schedule, and they're talented as heck. And then you got uh, Drake, and we know Valpo, so it's it's that team that's looking to take that n- next step. Yeah, beating Tulsa on the road, traveling and all that, having a week in between, which I think helps our team. So I, I think I'm liking our chances in this game, so, Noah, so that segues us into our picks. We mentioned we're two-and-a-half-point uh, underdogs in this one. Uh, safe to say, though, I think that, that's pretty – because we were talking about this earlier, what it could be, and I said it wouldn't be any more than 10 – uh, I remember you were saying it was going to be close and that it is I'd say we can both agree. what are our records by the way you have that on you
1: I haven't well I think the last couple we haven't even made picks but uh oh yeah we forgot we, to seven minutes We've yeah. been forgetting to but uh, I' mean, I've stopped keep I didn't even keep track of it so far but uh, I'll go back and listen to the to our picks and I'll get it after this so I'll keep track from here on out but I'd take the plus two and a half I think we're uh, gonna win this ball game. So do
0: I. Yeah, it, we did it for football and whatever our records were for that. We would like to do it for this. Yeah, I would forget sometimes. But uh, yeah, I definitely like plus two and a half as well. It's interesting. You know, we don't know what their atmospheres are like. Uh, you know, it's a power. It's a AAC. It's a high major thing. So maybe they, you know, come out. We know it's, yeah, Chris, you know, Christmas break. Not sure how their section will be, but I'm sure they have decent fans. It definitely will be a test like Brian said guys. Yeah. Plus two and a half as well. Uh final score. I will go with a uh seventy-six to seventy-one victory. What do you got?
1: Um, I'm gonna go with I think uh I think it'll be more low scoring unless we get hot from three, but I'm gonna go uh sixty-seven sixty-four, three point win.
0: Yeah, I don't think we have an over under, do we? You don't have that on any, <clears> any other <throat> app or no. anything.
1: You said seventy-six what? Seventy one?
0: Yeah, honestly, I, let me look real fast. I think they're always, over under is 124. So I was able to find it on this um, ESPN app. Uh, yeah, plus two and a half, and then 124. So yeah, my math would be almost well, way over that, 20 points over that. I can see, you know, the defense and their sketchy defense, but I think teams will maybe score in this game. That'll be that'll be fun. I hate that it's at one o'clock again, like we said. So no, we forgot to do it last game, like we said. Dogs of the game. Who are you picking in on this one?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, other than your two stars, I think it's who's stepping up again. We know last game we saw who stepped up, but I think it's, um, I think it's a more physical game. He started to come, he broke out in the second half last game. I think it's Kyler Philowich time against Ray. Andover.
0: Yeah, it'll be tough. And, you know, because he's that big, I could see Kyler staying in the game barring foul trouble. And I'm not going to pick him. I just reminds me that Anthony had a really good game. And if he plays a little more, But we know if Kyler, you know, plays more than Anthony won't. We know we like to see them together, if they would do it. So, uh, I think Anthony, you know, guarding their bigs as well coming in, if he plays a lot, that he could factor in. I'm going to go with because he. We didn't know if he was playing even in Southern Miss, and now he's had a week off to rest his ankle. I'll go with Lance because it's easy to pick Marcus. You know, you got to rely on your top guys in terms of Lance coming back off that having a week, like I said, and. Uh, you know, he's averaging 18 and 52% from the field this year. I think he's – got to have, you know, match of – if dry Horn's going to go off outside of Marcus, you need your other you, you need your other star to go off and be quality and guard their athletes and just be like that. It's like cash. I mean, everyone on the team's going to have to be big in this. So it's one of those games where you're not picked to win. ESPN, 81% chance for Tulsa to win. So I'm sure – and that's a, that's a small spread we've talked about. So I think a lot of people really would expect us to go in there, even though Tulsa's not – great team but they are who they are still so like we said if someone's going to branch out with loyal in the conference i think this would be the game to do it i think Lance will play well uh we're excited for this one like we said crappy one o'clock start keeping up with it we wish we were to say we'll we'll be able to watch it but we won't you know it's different than just being able to sit down on a couch or something and watch it be a lot better so it'll be interesting uh Noah, final thoughts
1: yeah big opportunity we know across the valley the valley's been down they've um a lot of valley schools have dropped some good opportunities to start building a resume. We know we're not probably not looking at building a resume for a at large bit in the tournament, but resume wise, it's a resume builder. And we mentioned, um, don't know how their atmosphere is. Uh, they, their, uh, Donald W. Reynolds center only sits 8,300. So it's about the size of SIU arena or the Bantana Bantera center, I should say. So, um, but yeah, like you said, Christmas break. Don't know how the atmosphere is. I think it'll be decent. But yeah, it's a big opportunity. Like I said, we're peeking around that corner. It's time to make they take that next step.
0: Yeah, especially since it's you know we're, we're keeping up with football. Again, they're signing guys, and it's it's a fun even start to the off season talking about football. But now we're head steamed towards basketball season. So it's fun to talk about this, especially getting a matchup like this. It's fun to talk about. We'll be excited to watch it. It is on ESPN Plus uh yeah you're right if, if it fits about the same as banterra center that that'll be interesting so again we, we want to be battle tested we want to play these good teams and yeah semo coming up i think brad corn every time he would face us would have something to prove this will be the second time he, he gets to face us and they're you know they're scoring a lot i believe so that'll be an interesting one to talk about and be at our next home game uh on wednesday so like we said this one tomorrow one o'clock espn plus Cannot wait. Hopefully, we can go down and get a quality win for Nick Malone.
1: No lurch. We'll
0: see you next time. Go, Dogs.